I'm so excited for the next, how many episodes? Seven, eight? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our coaches coming on almost every episode to share kind of their expertise. Dana is one of our longtime coaches at Greenhouse, and she has been, what is it? Has she been on twice before? I think so. In the past, but it's kind of a ways back. We just had our 200th episode, so she's <laughs> she might be like 100 back there. But um, she is coming on to talk about one of her areas of expertise around burnout. And what I, I think what I'm excited about is she's, she's talked about it before, kind of the process of dealing with burnout, but she's going to share a little more of her story, which is how she became an expert in that topic. And she actually owned her own business in that topic because of her struggle of uh, working through burnout. I'll just jump in with just my shout out for today is just our coaches because I lead the coaches and I couldn't do it without them. Yeah. And what I love most about our coaches, probably like all things with coaches, but they bring such amazing expertise mm-hmm. and such different lenses. And I just think they're amazing. Yeah. And even the different personalities, it, mm-hmm. it's cool how their coaching vibe or style yes. plays out different. And actually to shout out Dana specifically, because um, we have a, a monthly meeting where we all get together as coaches because everyone's in different places. Um across the country and Canada and now London. And so everyone gets together and shares some wins from their coaching experiences. And Dana shared about um, somebody she just, she had helped them get a raise at their job and she helped them kind of through some of the performance and end of year stuff. And she actually helped them get triple their salary. I know. At first she said that I was like, no, you didn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) triple. And I think, Part of the point is this person was way underpaid before, way which is under. why there was headroom yeah. for triple. Um, so anyway, I think that that was really cool. And, you know, because we had an episode recently on Gen Z mm-hmm. and on TikTok, we had, I think, already over 200 comments about the Gen Z's commenting like, no, we want to get paid. <laughs> right. Because we were talking about purpose and they're like, no, we also no, care about we money. don't care about purpose. Uh, we want to get paid. We want <laughs> a living wage. <laughs> and I, I thought that was cool to see all the comments. Clearly, that's something on a lot of people's minds. And Dana was helping someone in that Gen Z category um, really move from underpaid to like what? Yeah, I have never met anyone who knows how to push in the area of negotiation the way she does. She's so good at it. Yeah. So um, shout out to Dana and all of our coaches who you all get to meet over the next, I guess, two months, two months. Mm -hmm. So Dana, I want to start where we've been starting with our external guests, which is the question, what was your very first job? Oh my gosh. (laughs) My very first job was working at my sister's restaurant when I was in middle school, junior. Oh, okay. I did know this. I was thinking, I don't know. You did tell me this. So I was the bus boy or bus girl. Um, Uh But the first week I did, you know how like with the bus boy, you're carrying water and tea and all that. And the tray was just too heavy for me. So Every day, Uh the first week, I just kept on spilling it on the table spilling it on people. I think the last time I spilled it on these guys, really nice shoes. They were like this. And my sister's like, no, you're, you're out of here. And she, she put me on takeout. So I ended up bagging takeout instead. Nice. Yes. Did they invite you back? No, it was just one summer. (laughs) 
That's cool. Did you know at that point, did you have any idea of what you wanted to do when you grow up? Not really. I, I knew I loved food and I think I had wanted to be a taste tester um, for anything. Ooh, for, that's a for job. anything, whether it's a food critic or just maybe in the science lab tasting different flavors of ice cream or something like that. But I didn't, I had no clue and still to this day have no clue. How would you even get into Yeah. How does one get that job? It probably is something you just fall into and you had the right connection at the right time. That's like everyone wanting to be, you know, travel bloggers and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Where did your career take you? Like from going from there until where you are now, like what was the short version of your path? Well, I mean, I I went to college uh, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I took a little of everything, liberal arts, which is what I ended up with. I also took a lot of chemistry science classes because I was interested. But after that, I think it was just luck. I think I had a friend who was a recruiter and it was one of his first jobs. And he's like, hey, you're really good with people. Why don't you check out sales. So my first couple huh. jobs right out right out of college was outside sales. I used to sell copiers, um, phone systems. Uh-huh. So it was one of those door-to-door type of things um, yes. and really cut my teeth that way. I love the training part. I love the sales part. Did not love the actual, you know, cold calling type of thing. So really, uh-huh. I, I switched huh. from sales to sales training and then just training and coaching overall. So yeah, I got okay. lucky in that I ended up really liking the people part of my job and yeah. it over. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's cool. Well, as we talk about burnout, I think there's so many versions and flavors and different experiences of what people have had experienced or are right, right now. I thought it'd be helpful to hear a little bit of your journey because I know so much of your expertise and the way you help people in that topic has come out of not just learning about it, but experiencing it yourself. So uh, I don't know where you want to start, but could you share just a bit of your journey with that? I I think when it comes to burnout and and stress, we all have certain patterns that leads to overwhelm, leads to stress, leads to burnout. And for me, I realized that I had a pattern of just going overboard, doing too much, for too long until I break down. And that was my habit. Like, I'm just going to go and study really hard. I got sick in high school studying for SATs, got sick in college dealing with finals and led over to work Mm. because how you do one thing you actually do in other areas in your life. So I just repeated Uh that pattern. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do well. You know, went from going for the straight A's in college to going for that sales check, right? The bonus checks and stuff like that. And it wasn't till after I had kids that my body started saying, okay, no more Dana. Like I'm going to break down. Uh So it wasn't till I, I was uh, one of the founding employees at a charter school out here in Los Angeles. And I ended up doing the operations for that school and being a new school, you're wearing many hats and and I thought I could do the same thing, just just overwork, do really well, get promoted and all that good stuff. But it was at this time, I think I was around 30, 32 or something. And that was the first time okay. I've been burned out before and I would just take a long vacation and be okay. This time, nothing yeah. helped. I have good night's sleep, would take the weekend off and I would still feel like just 
broken down. Mm-hmm. And when, how I knew I really needed to stop and needed help was when I was driving to work one day and I was so tired and so just exhausted that when I backed out, my review mirror got caught in a cement column and it just decapitated it. And I thought, <laughs> okay, what, what's going on? Like I go in and out of this parking spot day, yeah. you know, how to, and that was like the first sign. May, maybe I should, I should really take a look at it. And when I took a look at it, I realized I've been overworking. I've been, I was at that time, the beginning and ending of the school year, you could work up to 80 to hundred hours a week. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And regular uh-huh. school weeks, I was already working 70 hours or so. So it was just that consistent, you know, overwork. And there were signs, there were headaches that led to migraines, stomach uh-huh. aches, overeating, you know, being addicted to caffeine. Speaking of which, I have a tea right here, <laughs> but just too many cups of ca- caffeinated sugary drinks a day. It yeah. just, you know, it, it came all crashing down. And when I finally saw a doctor for my migraines, we went, went back and forth for a little bit and I was just being really stubborn. I put a Band-Aid on it, take medicine, and it yep. felt better. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, my doctor's like, you're, you're going to need six months leave of absence. Like, that's how sick you made yourself from overwork. And, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to it. They, they might not have the same symptoms or results, you know, for me, right? Getting in accidents, getting migraines. But we all see it. We all have those signs until finally just the floor comes from under us. Right. And we're, yeah, you know, like how did I, yeah. Yeah. The, the signs resonates with me because even when I just have a week or a month where I'm getting, I'm, I'm consistently in overwhelm yeah. mode. Uh, I can be stubborn right. with myself. Like I'm sure a lot of people are, but I, Oh, it's okay. I'm fine. You just, I'm going to push more, push more. I don't, I don't really get honest with myself until something like the right. like the um, rear view mirror happens, where it it's so physical in front of you, or it's like you hurt someone or something else that it kind of catches right. my attention. So yeah, I can relate to that. Right. Yeah. Do you think, by the way, burnout? It's such mm-hmm. a buzzword now, but were people as aware of it maybe when you started? Um, when you started kind of in that topic as people are now? I don't think so. I think back then, um, and and Steve knows I ended up, because of all this, I started my own stress management company. And when I was first going out there talking about stress management, stress resilience, people accepted it as a way of life. Like this is just how it is. And companies Uh either didn't want to set aside a budget helping their employees about it, or they, or they were afraid that by supplying stress management, they're admitting to some type of fault. Yeah. yeah. So it was, there was very, there was a lot of pushback. A lot of people want to talk about yeah. it or let's, let's talk about something else. You know, let's train on something else. Yeah. 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 Especially on that company side. And I even feel that for greenhouse, it's like, you don't want to admit to flaws or things that, you know, you you want to kind of paint the veneer that everything's going just right. And so it can feel hard to uh, invest in something like that, that shines a light on, no, we're, we're not perfect or we have uh, flaws and areas to work on. I think one of, one of the the biggest 
ahas working in that was um, about, I think it was about 10 years ago or so, where we started to see some changes. And we ended up serving a lot of first responders, like uh, police officers, 911 operators, fire departments. We saw in some states there was a change in legislation, meaning, you know, first responders are required a certain number of hours of training for, you know, just their career improvement. And that year, we saw a lot of state legislation say, hey, they also need X number of hours of stress management. And that was when we're yeah. like, okay, the doors started opening. Like, they're starting to see like, hey, we, in order to really have a well-rounded employee and a well-rounded worker, we have to help them balance out this side that we've been ignoring for a long time. Yeah. And now you get requests from lots of different types of companies yes. and industries. It's exciting. Because, yeah, to, you know, private sector, private companies and corporations are really opening their eyes to that and, and, and really making that a forefront of part of their learning and development. Yeah. Do you think it should be reactive or proactive or what's your take on Definitely that? Definitely proactive um, because sooner or later we are we're all accumulating. You know, the way I see stress is a lot of times the things we accumulate at home. Right. We do spring cleaning or end of the year cleaning. You know, we got to get rid of junk that we don't use. It's the same thing with our stress. Over the years, we're accumulating and adapting stressful habits. And we do should take some time every few months or so to just kind of check in. Kind of like what you do, Steve, with the with the goals, the quarterly goals check in. It's the same way. Let's check in with our stress. How how are we? It's been a few months. So what what sort of bad stressful habits do we have? You know, can we clean that up? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Just like a lot of topics, it, your take on it. I like it. It, it, um, it normalizes it. It makes it not so, uh, I don't know, big or overdone. It's just like, yeah, let's take our car to the shop and get it tuned up kind of thing instead of like, oh, there's something wrong with you. And I don't know that at least for me, that makes it easier to be honest with myself versus just pressing, pressing on harder right. and harder. So, I mean, I think I mentioned at the beginning, but there's, you have the video lesson where you get into the nuanced detail of like how to deal with burnout, how to manage stress, um, different approaches that are proven, but I don't know, could you give us some tips or some highlights from that? Like if somebody is recognizing the stress or stress leading to burnout or like full on burnout, what uh, what do you say to that? Yeah, I, I think I think you know what you just mentioned is really important. Like if somebody else is noticing something, um, then you should take a step back and really take a look. Hey, what's been going on? Like, am I whatever I'm experiencing? This stress, this overwhelm, is it temporary? Sometimes it's temporary. You have a deadline for a particular project at work, and after those two three months, you're done and, and you're good. But is this something ongoing? For instance, you know, so um, a company that that Greenhouse has been working with, it's just one project after another. So there really is no break. And at some point, you just have to press the pause button and say, hey, here, here are some of the signs and symptoms and, and get really specific with what well, what are those signs and symptoms, whether it's signs and symptoms from a team, low morale, people showing up late, calling in sick or just your individual. What is your individual signs and symptoms. For everyone, it might be a little different. For me, a lot of times, it's I'm not eating properly. I'm going sugar, okay. caffeine, 
vending machine, potato chips, the salt. So everyone has a different sign. Yeah. For me, it's um, being late to stuff over and over and over. Yeah, it's and there'll be these compounding, <laughs> especially right. days where I'm late. And then that makes me and then I've I've been late to everything. So, that so day. that's the sign. Like, is it? Hey, is this just today, Steve? Uh. Is this 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 week? Because it's a crazy week. You've got things going on. You know, Lucy's sick at home. And or or is it something that's part of a bigger issue? Um, and then for other folks, yeah. it, it might be um, they snap. They get angry. You know, short mm-hmm. fuse. That's a sign. Or some folks are just the opposite, really low energy, not as excited, not motivated. So it really depends on the person. Um, knowing what I call know your yellow and red flags. Flags are things okay. that are are not major, but enough to where like being late to just a quick check in. Oh, hey, was that just a fluke? Was I stuck in traffic? Or is there something deeper going on? A flag would yeah. be me decapitating my rearview mirror. Right? <laughs> no, that makes sense because you're right. For me, the being late is a yellow. And a red flag, I just started realizing this lately. Joe and I were talking about it earlier that neither of us are uh, people who kind of like daily struggle with the high stress and anxiety. But then there's times where I will start kind of panicking about something and it spins out of control real fast and I can't seem to get myself back. And when I have those episodes, that is a red flag for me. I didn't really know that for a long time until recently, <laughs> but it's it's definitely for me a symptom of um, a, a bigger uh, overwhelm and stress burnout Absolutely. scenario. And I think everyone should really take this seriously. You know, have a notebook or, or something on, on your computer where you list out and you add to it as it shows up, yellow flag and red flag. And the reason why it's important to write it down is because we don't notice it until it's late, right? Until mm-hmm. somebody said something, or if we make a big mistake, and we have a lot of regret. So it it's helpful to write it down specifically, so that when it does show up, you know, to pause and to check in with yourself. Do you when you're coaching people on this topic, do you help them identify absolutely, those? Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times when we think of stress, we think of generalizations, we think big picture, my life is just so full of so many headaches right now. I'm so busy in every area. But when you think that way, it feels overwhelming. It feels like there's no way out. But if you break it down into small bits, okay, what? where are the yellow flags? Where are the red flags? And looking at those day-to-day stressors and then further breaking it down by asking yourself, hey, is this a stressor that I'm actually directly responsible for? Meaning, Meaning, yeah. is is this my monkey? <laughs> not your monkey, not your <laughs> yeah. circus. Um, a lot of times yeah. we're adapting, taking on stressors at work or at home that we really don't need to be hands-on. So I would say that's the first question. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, do I need to handle this or can I walk away? You know, mm-hmm. and if it's something you have to kind of keep an eye on, is it something you can delegate? Right. You can, yeah. can you hand this off to somebody else or oversee, you know? No, I, I'm smiling because I just coached someone on this and it was one of those fun moments where I got to hand off like something that's worked for me that I knew would work right. for this person. And I said, <clears throat> we were talking about this. I use Trello for to-do lists, but they use more of a okay. paper planner. And I said, you actually need to take, um, all of those things on your to-do list that aren't actually, that don't actually have to happen right now, 
but you don't want to forget about them. You don't want to just erase them is put them on a physical separate list. And I'm not sure if you have a version of this, Dana, but I, I will do this too. And my Trello board is I put it on a separate list because there's something about the putting it somewhere else physically in my brain then also takes the burden right. off. Like, oh, it doesn't feel like I have to do those right. right away. Whereas when they're on my list for today, it feels like they all have to have, they all have equal weight in my body, yeah. even though they don't at all. Like, <laughs> um, those little, those little types of steps to, um, to remove the burden off yourself that, yeah, it's like, I, I put that I, on I myself. I love that because that that's actually, you know, speaking of that, I always tell folks, in addition to looking at your stressors and asking yourself, is this my responsibility? Is it not my responsibility? Another thing you can also ask is who's causing the stressor? Is it me? Am I putting that burden on myself? Can I give myself a break? If it's not you, where's it coming from? Is it coming from another individual? Yeah. And if it's coming from another individual, you know, is it your boss that you, you know, you have to do what, you know, what your boss asks you to do? Is it a favor from a friend that you volunteered for? Like, where is that coming from? You know? and yeah. And what, but what about when it is from yourself? <laughs> Me and Ashley will always talk about this. We put right. so much stress on ourselves, and then, then what? No, <laughs> it's, it's really helpful to list, break it at, break it down into different categories. Where is it coming from? You know, somebody else, the environment or yourself. So let's, for instance, you have a few things on your, yourself, go through that mm -hmm. list that you're causing stress for yourself and ask yourself, is this important and is it important right now or is it a nice to have? Can I let this go? Put it off. Yeah. Is it that important? Like give yourself a break. Don't mm -hmm. be so hard on yourself. I, I think it's really hard if yeah. you're a perfectionist at, you know, at the same time as you want to do everything. Um, yep. Everything right, matters right. just as much. But you, and, have to, yeah. you have to clean, clean that up. Now, obviously there are uh -huh. responsibilities you put on yourself that you, can't get out of like if it's your child right uh, a loved one yeah. a spouse or maybe an aging parent you can't hand that off you have to do it i would say in cases of stress where you can't hand off or let go you're stuck with mm -hmm. i would say can you change the way you think about it can you hmm. reframe it and instead of saying oh my gosh i have to do this one burdensome thing again can you tell yourself a different story can you play yeah. with it a little bit? Can you lighten it up? Can you change the attitude around, it? you know? Yeah, that's good because I, I just actually met um, somebody who runs a nonprofit in town that helps with, I, I love how they do this, but basically people who are caring for mm -hmm. aging parents, they come in and they're a partner to help relieve some of the burden, but not take it all off. So they know like, that relationship's important. We're not trying to completely right. take it over, but I think it's something like one day a week they care for that um, aging parent to free you up for one day to either take a break or do the things you need to do. And that was my first thought when I was talking to her. I said, that's brilliant. I've never even heard of this service. There is something about shifting the story or even just looking out for other ideas you weren't aware of. Um, or asking friends because there might be other ways 
to help you deal with it that you're not even thinking of because you're just stuck in the way it's you, been you going. You think I can't get out of this? I'm just going to have to suck it up and and hang on until my body breaks down. And and I think especially when it when it comes to you being responsible or having to care about somebody else, there's a huge emotional and mental attachment. So it's really difficult. So I always encourage people, you know what, take a step back and ask yourself, where are you being really hard on yourself? Where are you holding yourself to basically an an impossible standard? Where can you give yourself a break is is what I ask. Where where can you loosen that grip up a little bit? Because we are hard on ourselves. So what do you, but what do you say to someone who, it's like they're okay. These tips are great, but these all sound like other other to dos to add to my list. I'm already so uh, there's no space and time. Then then what? What do you I, say? I to that say person? you know what? There's there's a lot of articles out there. There's a lot of tips and tricks. You know the the purpose of this is not to, like you say, not to make more work to fix to fix the work that you already have. But I say you know what? Let's look for the easy way out. And what I mean by that is, what part of this comes easy? Would letting some of this go be easier? Would handing it off be easier? What's the easiest thing for you to do? Maybe, maybe you are so stuck that you feel like you can't let go. You have to be in control. Okay, so what's something easy in terms of, can you maybe insert a break in there just to maybe go take deep breaths outside in the sun, in nature, And I actually have some folks, Steve, that are so burned out and so busy and are so stubborn that they won't give, they have like, I don't even have time for a five minute bathroom break, Dana. I say, okay, can you give me 30 seconds? Can you give me 30 seconds where you unplug, go to the window Mm. and inhale fresh air? You know, you don't, if you don't, if you can't give yourself five minutes, I get it. But where can you insert 20, 30 seconds? of something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And (laughs) one, maybe one last question though, because, and I know you, you have different approaches for the, the level of burnout that someone is at. I think we use that word probably a little flippant, but someone who's truly in, in true burnout versus just a high level of stress. Is there a different approach to that? Absolutely. I think when it comes to high level of stress, there's always different strategies and tools that you can use to alleviate and carve out, carve away stress and add more stress resilient techniques. But when there's true burnout, there's something medical, physical going on. And we really have to understand that when you truly are at burnout, that's when your body is like, I need professional help. And don't be afraid to use that help. You know, when I was put on a six-month leave, I got to that point because of myself, because I wouldn't say no. I kept on pushing. And it got to a point where I'm going to need medical intervention. I need the doctor to check me out, check for high blood pressure, ulcers, things like that. And it's okay to seek that help. I would say, especially a lot of, actually a lot of people that we work with, are at companies with really good benefits and they're not using it. They're not realizing that you have a team of doctors, your primary doctor and whatever specialists you need. And a lot of times those benefits also comes with either a counselor or a therapist or even a coach to help you through that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I know we mentioned it, but Dana, you're so good in this space. And like you said, you ran a company doing this 
kind of work and for people in extreme right. scenarios. But you also coach a lot of people, whether it's just in their job or personally on this. So um, this is a good resource for people to check out either your um, tools and videos or to get coaching on it. Uh, but thanks for coming on and talking about this. I know it's it's been a while since you talked about burnout on the podcast. So, so it's, this it's, was good. it's nice to, to have a little reminder because we're always, you know, concerned about productivity, leadership, growing our role. And, and once in a while, you can't do that unless you really have that space where, where, you, where yeah. you have that moment to just rest and recuperate and let everything else sink in, you know.